1 Thessalonians 4. I had another message I wanted to share tonight, but later this afternoon I begin to go in a different direction, so we'll put that on the back burner for another time. And I don't have notes for tonight. I did before I changed my mind here. But anyway, to be brief tonight in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, begin reading at verse 13. But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I don't get a lot of comfort from what I'm hearing in the world today. I don't get a lot of comfort from what I hear from the newscast today. I don't hear a lot of comfort from what I hear from a lot of my friends today. But, oh, I find comfort in the Word of God. Some time ago, it's been several years ago, I guess now, I read a little thing that said uh, that we need to prepare for our future because we're going to spend the rest of our lives there. I think that's a worthy thing to think about. But you know what? The day that we look in is not very bright. And quite frankly, the future does not look very bright to me as far as the conditions upon this world is concerned. I've heard many modern-day prophets talk about how a major revival is going to come to America, and I pray that they are right. But the thing that scares me, too many Christians don't want revival whatsoever. And I don't know how you're going to have a, a major revival in America when the majority of Christians don't even want to have one. And, and yet I hear a lot of people say the world's going to get better and the politics going to turn around. Let me tell you something. My hope is not in Washington, D.C., and my hope is not with the one that sits upon the throne up there. My hope is in Jesus Christ and Him only. If we have hope in a political party or a political character, we are hurting today. They come and they go. They change with, a, uh, uh, with, with, with time itself. Uh, we have one right here in Florida that one time was a Republican, went independent, now a Democrat. 180 degrees from what he one time was. What are you saying? People change, but we serve a God that does not change. And I'm grateful that I can have faith in Him and I'm voting for Jesus. I don't know about you. But with that being said, uh, there's a lot of people say, well, the world's going to get better. I hope they're right. But if when I read the Word of God, I think things are going to have to be in pretty bad shape in order for the Antichrist to come on the scene. The Antichrist, I don't believe, is going to come back and set up his kingdom upon this earth uh, as long as the world is getting along very well uh, under, under, under our governments. Uh, we are now in an economy in the billions of dollars that I don't see how any way in the world we're going to pay back the debt that we owe. It's going to get to the place, if we're not already there, that we can't even afford to pay the interest uh, just on the money that we have borrowed. And we're not alone. The nations of the world are in debt up to their eyeballs. There are states that are in debt up to their eyeballs tonight. And yet I don't think that things are going to get all that good. We have all kinds of unrest in our streets. Uh, we have unrest in our governments. We have unrest in our family. And the world is looking for somebody uh, to give them the answer to their woes. And yet they're not looking to Jesus Christ to be that answer. Why? He's old. He's old-fashioned. He's archaic. 
Uh, we don't need him. He cramps our lifestyle. We need somebody hip. We need somebody full of charisma. We need somebody uh, that we can uh, uh, sign a, a slide to. And I think that's one of the reasons you see a lot of these people uh, running for office that are doing some of the dumbest things on TV uh, to try to get your vote. Whether they're doing some little dance or some pumpkin on their head, you name it. What in the world does that got to do with leading our nation? I think it's time that we grow up because we got some serious business at hand and we got to be have people that are serious about what's going on. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ is serious about what's going on in your world. He's serious about what's going on in your life and he's serious about what's going on uh, within our nation tonight. I think it's high time that we as Christians get our own head out of the sand and say, Lord, if you want to revive our nation, we're ready for it. But I believe you're coming back in the clouds of glory uh, to take us home long before uh, the Antichrist uh, comes into this world uh, to set up his rule and reign that is here. I would like to stand here and tell you tonight that our future looks bright. But in reality, I'm convinced uh, that the day I live in is full of despair. It's full of pain. It's full of all types of distress and trouble everywhere you go. Everywhere I go today, I hear people talking about recession, uh, talking about inflation, high gasoline prices, uh, high electricity, uh, high food bills. We all are there and we're all drinking that same water. Everything has gone up and our incomes are not high enough uh, to keep up with the inflation that is there. I was told this past week uh, that by the end of this month it may be virtually impossible uh, to get diesel to go into our trucks. Now that's yet to be seen but that's what some of the truck drivers are telling us today. Uh, diesel has doubled in price almost. It's gone now to $5 and something a gallon, $5.25. Uh, what am I saying? It's hard to keep up your truck filled up uh, just to get back and forth to work. It's always a shortage of this and a shortage of that. And they're talking about now an inflationary recession. Well, what's an inflation? If you don't have a job, uh, that's an inflation. If I don't have one, that's a recession. That's kind of the way it's looked at uh, in the world today. And yet with that being said, too many times we're so wrapped up in the future that we fail to really enjoy the day and redeem the day that we have right now. Let me tell you, yesterday is in the tomb of time. We'll never get it back. Tomorrow is in the womb of time and we have no promise of it. But today is the day that God has given us and today is the day that we can rejoice and be glad in. And today is a gift that God has given us and I believe that's why they call it the present uh, because he's given us that gift. But with that being said, uh, I'm here to tell you, people are crying out the world is getting better and better, but I do not believe that to be the case tonight whatsoever. It does not take a rocket scientist to figure out that we are sitting on a bomb in this world that seemingly is ready to explode. Uh, I believe that the economists of the world have said <laughs> that our own economy is like a car on ice sliding out of control uh, just waiting to collide with something itself. Violence fills our land. Murder and rape are taking place everywhere you look. Homosexuals are coming out of the closet. Uh, pedophiles are everywhere to be found. Perversion is everywhere uh, that you can look at it and think about it even today. Uh, there is scandal in our government. There is scandal in our politics. And there is even scandal in the church house today. And it breaks our heart to say the least. Prisons are being filled uh, quicker than we can build them. 
Uh, violence is taking place in our streets, and we don't even know who are committing them. Uh, who would have ever thought that in America uh, that somebody would walk into a store in broad daylight and begin to smash and grab everything the man had uh, to sell? Who would have ever dreamt that in America uh, people would be standing in a subway and they'd push them into an oncoming train to watch them die? Who would have ever thought that some nut would be riding down the road in his car and literally run over a mother uh, with her baby in a stroller and think everything is okay? And yet by the time we arrest these people, uh, they're, still, they're still crying out. The victim are still crying tears down their eyes uh, when the perpetrator has already been let out of jail. I don't know about you, friend, but I don't think this world's getting a whole lot better uh, because every time I turn around and look at what I'm seeing, it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Laws are so twisted today that it looks like the guilty uh, are set free and the innocent ones seem to be punished. It seems like even today where we're living uh, that there's no backbone within our government. Uh, people are being bought off and, and by the dozens, if not more than that, within our government. People that you vote for many times you think are going to do the right thing, but no, they have bowed down uh, to some special interest group and they've changed their mind because they follow uh, the money that is there. Who would have ever dreamt that in America that we would be embracing communistic doctrine and Marxism in America uh, like we are doing today, and yet we want to friendly be friendly with the bear. Let me tell you, you get too close to a bear and that sucker going to eat you for lunch. And yet we have all these so-called brains in Washington that tells us how we ought to live our life and tells us how uh, we ought to be able to, dict to, 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 to dictate our own life. Uh, we've got people today where our politicians are confused, our scientists are bumfuzzled, and I'm here to tell you, the Green New Deal is not going to help us out anything. It's just going to put us further and further uh, down the porcelain potty uh, as far as I'm concerned tonight. And with that being said, let me hasten. Uh, the Bible lets me know we need to face reality. We are not in the sweet by and by. Brothers and sisters, we are in the nasty now and now where we're living. There are wars and rumors of wars all over this world, just as the Bible said it would be uh, in the last day. Uh, we know as Noah said that in Noah, it wasn't Noah's day people were eating and drinking and giving of marriage. But I'm here to tell you it looks like that the word of God is being fulfilled right before our eyes on a day by day basis. And while the hearts of many people are seemingly is failing for fear I'm here to tell you there's something going on in this world that you and I may not be aware of tonight. I am a firm believer in believing this. When I talk to people I hear them say there's an eerie type of a there is an ominous feeling in the land today. It feels like something is about to happen. It, there, there's a spirit of, anybody like this, a spirit of expectation out there? Do you feel some type of a spirit of expectation? It's almost like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. You know, it's almost like there's this big cloud uh, that just come over the world and it just sits there and hovers. And that cloud gets bigger and thicker with the passing of each and every day. And that black cloud is making a, a terror in the hearts of people. If you think today's newspaper is bad, just wait till you see tomorrow. If you think today's newscast is bad, uh, just wait till you read tomorrow. And that's another thing. Who in the world are you going to trust to give us the news? When you think about it, I, I get so aggravated, it's a wonder I don't have a shoe going through the TV all the time uh, because my blood boils when I sit there and listen to those people pontificating the lies that they do over and over and over again, and they're caught those lies, and we still watch them. It's just like professional wrestling. We know it's a fake, but they still pay to see it. And wrestling is the same way as is the news on our, on our news channels today. Black clouds are rolling in. 
And people are crying out, what's wrong with the world? What's wrong with the world? People are scared. Politicians are confused and scientists don't know what's going on. If there's any life in you whatsoever, you'll agree with me, there is a feeling of expectation in this land as if though something is about to happen. And brother, it is. I want you to know that that black cloud is there in this world. But the way that you and I view that cloud will tell us on what side we're on. We're either serving the Lord or we're serving sin and the devil. See, to the natural eye, these are storm clouds and clouds of gloom and clouds of war and clouds of depression and clouds of inflation and clouds of all this, that, and the other. But to the spiritual eye, we see deliverance in that cloud. I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, uh, to the natural eye, these clouds will bring you to arm again. But when you and I as Christians see it through the spiritual eye, these same clouds will bring us uh, to an encounter with the living God. Uh, to the natural eye or to the world, they're waiting for the thunder and for the lightning to strike and they're waiting for that bad uh, rain to fall upon us. But to the spiritual eye or to the Christians, we see the same cloud, but we see it differently. You know why? We see the almighty God in that cloud tonight. The cloud has always been there and the cloud will be viewed one of two ways. Uh, uh, to the unsaved in the world. Uh, they see it leading to destruction. They see it leading to antichrist. They see it leading to Armageddon. But when you and I, the people of God, when we see that same cloud, we see God in it. For the Bible said, the Lord rides upon the swift cloud tonight. I'm going to tell you, friend, let the cloud get bigger and blacker. I see Jesus Christ, my Redeemer, riding upon the clouds of glory uh, to come back into a world that's ready to meet Him. Uh, we may be a remnant. We may not be a lot of people ready to go but thank God by the grace of God I'm sitting on G and I'm waiting on O I'm ready to go for the glory of God how about you praise the Lord we have nothing to fear. I can tell you this much. Jesus Christ is coming back. That cloud's about ready to explode. <coughs> but I see the Lord riding in that cloud tonight. So what if hard times come our way? They may. But God still sits on the throne. <coughs> what if we run out of stuff? My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches that be in glory. What if food gets hard to find? He calls the ravens to feed one man. He allowed manna to fall down from heaven to feed an entire nation of people. I'm not concerned tonight, friend. I know that as long as I'm doing what I can for God, and if I live for him the way he wants me to live for him, <coughs> I'm going to, my every need is going to be met. Every need is going to be supplied because he's a God that you can trust. He's a God of the good and the hard times, and he's a God on top of the mountain when you're on it, and he's a God when the mountain is on top of you as well. God is showing us strong. There's nothing to fear. Our Lord is about to show himself strong and mighty to those who trust in him. So these dark and these dismal days, these days of oppression and depression, it should be the brightest day for the child of God because we know God has a plan and we know his words are yes and amen. And he said, I am coming back one day to receive my children unto myself. So let the cloud get bigger. Let the thunder begin to roar. Let the lightning begin to strike. But I'm going to tell you, my friend, I can sit in the presence of God as cool as I can be uh, like a, 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 a seed in the center of a cucumber tonight. You know why? I know in whom I have believed and I know God is believable and God is trustworthy and what God said he would do and what God said he would do, he'll bring it to pass. Everything in this world that can be shaken, beloved, will be shaken. And we may shake while we're standing on the rock of God. 
but the rock upon which we stand will never move. He said, I know those that are mine. I know those that are mine. A mother may forget her nursing child, but he said, I've engraved you upon the palm of my hand. Wherever we go, his picture, our picture is before him. If a, if a bird cannot fall to the ground without the knowledge of God, not a thing will happen in your life and mine without the knowledge of God. Amen. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed begging for bread. David said, I was young and now I'm old. And this is what I've learned from the Lord. I still believe that God's the creator of the universe and everything is going according to his schedule. Just see that you do not fear in well-doing. But preacher, it looks bad, don't it though? I challenge you to go over and leave the last page of the book. We win. You got to remind yourself, we win. Read it. We win. It's not time to bail out. It's not time to murmur and complain. It's not time to get frustrated with God. It's not time to get angry with God. It's time to just everything we have to give it all to the Lord and say, God, I believe your word that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. Beloved, just because the signs are pointing to the coming of the Lord, that doesn't mean we need to give up and quit. There's a lot of people who want to sell everything they got, head up to some mountain somewhere, and sit there like a word on the pickle, just waiting for the Lord to come back. If we've ever prayed, we better pray now. If we've ever witnessed, we better witness now. If we've ever told anybody about Jesus, we better do it now. We are to redeem the time. We need to work while it's yet day, for the night comes uh, when no man can ever work again. He said, occupy till I come. Too many people are sitting. Don't just be down and out, but be up and about for the things of God. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ is coming. We're in the last days. But don't be in the last days, D-A-Z-E, to what's going on. I'm a firm believer in this. When Jesus called his disciples to go into the Garden of Gethsemane, it was one of the most unusual times in the history of the world. The Son of God went to pray, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. One of the greatest battles in the world, the spotless Son of God coming hand-to-head combat was sin. And he asked his disciples, will you pray with me? But where did he find them? Not once, not twice, but three times. He found them fast asleep. I don't believe it wasn't because they didn't love the Lord. I believe they loved the Lord as best they knew how. But it's my contention they got caught up in the spirit of the age. They got caught up in the spirit of the age. And when they should have been awake, they went to sleep. When they should have been about the Father's business, they had no business at all going to sleep, and yet they did. If we're not careful, the same thing can happen today. We get so caught up in the spirit of this age and before you know it, we're not alert. I don't say this to hurt us. I don't say this to scold us. I say this, church, because the enemy wants us to fold our hands, a little sleep, a little slumber, and we go to sleep in the devil's cradle when we are to be awake. I shared this illustration many years ago, but not, not that long ago, but it comes to my mind again. When I was a junior in high school, we had a pretty good football team. And we went to a place called Abington, Virginia, which is probably about an hour on the bus to get there. And we got there to that ballpark, and we go in to the field house, 
And we had this regiment that we'd go through. You sit and you meditate upon the game. You work your game plans out in your mind. You meditate upon it. And there's quiet silence. There's no talking. It's silent. You're concentrating upon the game to be played. And I just wasn't with it that day. And half the team, there was just something. I mean, we just weren't, we weren't meshing that night. And the coach comes in and said, gentlemen, it's time to dress. Put on your bottom part. So that means you put on your socks, you put on your girdle pads, you put on your pants, put on your cleats, and you're thinking, you're meditating. Gentlemen, put on your uppers. So you put on your T-shirt, you put on your shoulder pads and your jersey, and now you're supposed to be ready to go out. Mentally, I wasn't there. Probably one of the worst games that we ever played as a team that year. We didn't beat the team, they beat us, and we should have clobbered them. Only game we lost that year. You know why? Our head was not in the game. Our heart was not in the game. We were not ready. If we'd had maybe two more hours to prepare ourselves for it, we might have been ready to play. But let me tell you something, church. That's the way it is with Christians. If we're not careful today, our head's not in the game. We become so absorbed with life and all the challenges that life brings. Let me tell you, it's difficult to put food on the table today. It's difficult to pay the electric bill. Has your electric bill gone up like everybody else's has? Has the gas prices? Yes, it has. And you think about these things. What are we going to do? Do I drive today or do I eat? Do I pay the electric bill or do I I have to buy groceries? That's where many of us are, paycheck to paycheck. And you say, well, Pastor, what we do, we need to occupy and we trust God. Let me tell you, God has a thousand ways to answer every prayer. And I made up my mind by the grace of God, I'm not going to fret and I'm not going to worry. God knew where we're at in life. He knows what needs we have and he has promised that he will supply them. And we need to occupy today. Today's the day. The Lord may come back tomorrow, but today my needs are met. Today my belly's full. I've got a roof over my head today and I believe the same God that took care of me today will be the same God that will take care of me tomorrow if I'm using the wisdom that he's given me to use in my life. We've got to have our head in the game. But we're in this last day and the enemy wants to put us in a daze and have us worried about the things of the world and worry about all these things when we need to keep our eyes up on the eastern sky. That's why I'm saying, friend, we occupy till we come. We redeem the day in which we live in now. Don't pass up. Don't pass up opportunities that God given for every one of us right now. He has called us to be fishers of men, not keepers of aquariums. So many times in life, We've passed up opportunities that we can never go back and redo. When I was in school, there were things I had opportunities to do, but because of my shyness and my backwardness, I let them pass me by. I can't go back and redo them, but oh, I wished I could have. There were times on the job I would turn down a promotion because I didn't have enough self-esteem to do the job, maybe qualify, but not enough self-esteem to do it. I cannot go back and redo it. Things I bypassed at college that I wished I would have done, but because, again, I didn't feel like I was able, I passed it by, and I, didn't have, I can't go back and redo it. We don't have the opportunity to do it over again. What am I trying to say? When the trump of God sounds, it's going to be too late for us to do on this earth what God has called and commissioned us to do. Amen. Do not let fear, and don't do as I've done, do as I'm telling you, and do as I'm trying to do now. Don't let fear, 
Don't let any obstacle, don't let any devil of hell hinder you from doing what God has asked of you to do today. Because with the calling of God comes the enablement of God to get it done. And we don't need to listen to the voice of our enemy and say, I can't do this and I can't do that. We work while it's day for the night comes when no man will ever be able to work again. Jesus is coming. And some people say, I don't believe that. Well, that's not going to change his mind about it one iota. People say, I don't believe the Lord's coming back. He's going to come whether you like or not. He don't need your permission. He don't need my permission. He's going to come back. There is an appointed hour when Jesus comes back. Now, I want you to understand something here. The first prophetic word about the coming of Jesus Christ was back in Genesis 3. When Adam and Eve sinned, God said that he was going to put enmity between the man and the woman. And that child that would come in, which was prophetic of Jesus, Satan, you will bruise his heel, but he's going to cover your head off, basically. We had to wait as a people in this world for 4,000 years for that prophetic word to be fulfilled. He gave the law. He gave the prophets. He gave the Old Testament. There was the dark ages, the silent years. And then when finally the fullness of time came, why? Everything had to be just right in this world to welcome Jesus Christ to come in to be the Savior. It was left up to the discretion of God. In the fullness of time, Jesus came. It was the angel that came to Mary and said, you're highly favored of God, and uh, he wants you to conceive the Son of God, the Savior of the world. How can I do that, seeing I know no man? The Holy Spirit will overshadow. Now, it took another nine months. And then after Jesus was born, it took another 30 years before he ever began into a public ministry. And then for three years, he had a public ministry, and then he died. And then it had to wait three more days for him to rise from the grave and had to wait another 10 days for him to send back to the right hand of God the Father. Why? Everything had to be the fullness of time. And one of the reasons for that, I believe that when Jesus was born when he was, was simply because there was a Jewish religion in that world, there was Greek culture, and there was Roman government. And all the roads of that day led to a central place. Everybody could speak a common language, Greek at that time, the Koine Greek. So it means that they could preach in a common language. Everything was ready. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord's been working now for 2,000 years to get the fullness of time ready once again for him to come back in the clouds of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I just don't believe the Lord's coming. It's been 2,000 years. Now, for the Lord, that's just two days. For in the Lord's economy, a day with the Lord is as 1,000 years. He's only been gone for two days in the economy of God. But I know one thing. I don't know when he's coming, but I know he's coming in the clouds of glory. Our future depends on how we look at that cloud hanging over this world. And the signs are right right now. And I don't believe it's going to be long. We're going to hear the sound. He said here in the book of verse 16, the sound will be a shout. A lot of people don't like shouting. Apparently Jesus don't mind it whatsoever. Remember the story of Lazarus when he died? He goes to Bethany to see Martha and Mary and they were boo-hooing and said, if you'd have been here, our brother wouldn't have died and I'm the resurrection life, just believe. Well, I know that. And the end time he said, no, believe now and you'll see the works of God. Where's he at? He's over there in that tomb. Jesus walks over. And he weeps. 
I don't think he wept myself because Jesus or because Lazarus died. I think he wept because of their unbelief. That's my opinion. Brother Shelton, you taught the Gospel of John. I thought that's what you told me. I may be wrong. What you get, you have a college professor here that used to teach you. He said, remove the stone. I don't think he said, Lazarus, come forth. I believe he yelled out, Lazarus, come forth. Friends, had he not said Lazarus, I believe every grave in the country would have emptied. But he specifically said Lazarus. There's power in the words of Jesus. And even though Lazarus came out of that grave, that was not resurrection as much as it was resuscitation. He was dead as a mackerel, but he had to die again. So that's not resurrection. That's resuscitation. My point is, when Jesus comes back in the clouds of glory, he is not coming to the earth at that point. The Bible said he is going to shout. And the dead in Christ, all the Christians that have died believing in Jesus Christ, their spirit and soul has already gone to heaven, but their bodies are in the ground, decomposing, going back to the dust from whence it came. But when Jesus Christ comes in the clouds and he shouts, maybe he'll say, beloved, come forth. Maybe he'll say, church, come forth. Maybe he'll say, whatever, I don't know. He may call every name. I don't know how he'll do it, but he's going to shout and the dead in Christ will hear his voice. And we're going to come out. We went in a weakness, but we'll come out in power. Went down as a mortal, come out in immortality. Went down in corruption, but come out incorruptible. And resurrection is not reconstruction of the old. The Bible said that he will fashion a body that we have that would be fashioned like the glorious body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. I look like I come out of the DQ right now. Look like I come out of HQ on that day. <laughs> a body like the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is our victory. Praise God. That's the victory that comes with faith in the Lord. There's so much I could say. I just want to get this across. Let's face the facts. The clouds are hanging over the world tonight. To the world, it's Armageddon, thunder, lightning, more pain, more sorrow, more death, and more dying. We're not ignorant of that cloud. It's there. But when I see it, I remember what Isaiah 19 once said, the Lord rides upon the swift cloud every day of my life I go out and I see clouds and I say Lord are you coming back in that one Lord are you ready to take us home today a lot of people don't believe in the rapture you know how many Christians professing Christians that do not believe in the church being called away to heaven it's amazing to me they call it the flyaway doctrine well the word rapture is not in the word of God well the word trinity is not in the word of God either but we see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's three. The word rapture is not there, but it is the Latin rapto, meaning a catching away. And he said, we're going to be caught away. Caught up, yeah. caught up to, keep, to be with the Lord. So I rejoice in knowing. We don't try to deny it. It's there. We prepare for the future by preparing for today. And the way that we view the cloud will determine our future. And that's simply this. I know where my future lies Amen. with Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about what it would be like for the Lord to come back right now? Have you thought about the planes that would crash because of the pilots that are Christians 
the cars that will wreck on the freeway because Christians are raptured? Have you ever thought about the houses where one of the parents are saved and the rest are not and what it's all about? Have you ever thought about kids in college and in school that will be raptured out? And you know what? The world already has made up their mind that they have an excuse and an explanation for what's going to happen. I talked to a guy years ago said, oh, if all them people leave, it's, no, it's aliens that abducted them. And there's enough people stupid enough to believe that. I mean, it's not an alien. It's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that's come for the church. Let me ask you, how do you view the cloud tonight? How do you view the coming of the Lord? Don't push it to something way out there. Let it be first and foremost upon your mind. For in the hour that you think not, our Lord will come. 